Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Jason Lipschutz, Billboard's Senior Director of Music. Hi, Jason. How are you? What's up, man? We don't have a we don't have a guest today, so it's just all us for the first time in a it's minute. It's just you and I sharing you our podcast and I. together. Which song are you singing? You and I by One Direction. Oh, yeah. You're you're slightly more relevant for the show. I'm digging into the early '80s with a, an Eddie Rabbit song with Crystal Gale. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Nothing can come between you and I. Wasn't there a song by The Calling called You and I? Was, was it? Um, you're thinking of Santana and oh. Chad Kroger, who made a song called Why Don't You and I. There you go. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Um, bye. <laughs> we'll go out on You and I. All right. As always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition... You can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about how Cardi B's new single featuring Megan Thee Stallion debuts straight in at number one on the Billboard Hot 100, how The Weeknd's Blinding Lights is a record breaker on the radio airwaves and on our charts, and how Taylor Swift's folklore is racking up a third week at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, and how Swift does something on the chart that no woman has done since 2018. Plus, we'll be digging into new singles from Drake, Dua Lipa, and Miley Cyrus, along with Katy Perry's new video for Smile. That'll be fun. Yeah. But first, before we get started, Keith, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you never, ever, ever, ever miss an episode. And if you want... To explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. That is plural. Okay, first up, uh, let's talk about the Billboard 200 Albums chart. Taylor Swift's Folklore. How many copies do you own, Jason? Just uh, just the seven. Just the seven copies. Just uh, just, just seven? <laughs> How many alternative versions did you order from her website? So you order many the multicolored vinyl, yeah. So many multicolored vinyl. Um, all right, well, Taylor Swift's Folklore reigns at number one for a third week, marking the first album by a woman to spend its first three weeks at number one since 2018. Now, Folklore, which was aided by the arrival of its CD version in stores back on August 7th, uh, earned 136,000 equivalent album units in the United States in the week ending August 13th. It's actually a gain of 1% uh, thanks to that CD uh, dropping at retail. 
And that is, of course, according to Nielsen Music MRC data. Uh, now for some interesting chart nuggets, hopefully interesting to you. Folklore is the first non-R&B or hip-hop album, or any album of any genre by a woman, to have three weeks in total at number one. Since Billie Eilish's When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? scored its third and so far final non-consecutive week at number one on the June 18th, 2019 chart. Plus, Folklore is the first album by a woman to spend its first three weeks at number one, something Billie did not do, since Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's A Star Is Born soundtrack had its first three weeks at number one back in October and November of 2018. Star would later come back to number one for a fourth week after the Oscars in 2019. Uh, last thing about folklore, or at least last thing I'm going to tell you about folklore, because who knows how long this number, this album will be number one. The last album by a woman, unaccompanied by another act. So basically, if we set aside Gaga and Bradley Cooper's Star Is Born, since that was a solo male and a solo female working together, if we set that aside, the last album by a woman without anyone helping them <laughs> to have its first three weeks at number one was Taylor Swift's own reputation album. Hey, uh, it bowed atop the December 2nd, 2017 data chart and ruled for the next two frames. It then returned for a fourth non-consecutive week at number one in January of 2018. Still with me, Jason? Still here. Okay. Just making sure that was a lot of me blathering. Do you have anything to say about folklore? I just see. <laughs> no, it's it's it, it is the one thing I will say is that it's interesting that it actually went up one percent because of the physical um, debut of folklore. I did see it in the wild this past week at a Target at Ooh. my neighborhood Target, and it's it's interesting because you you figure that not many artists can really ha still have that. Uh, type of effect when it comes to physical copies but taylor swift is one of them yeah apparently um next the weekend's blinding lights breaks the record for the most weeks spent at number one on the all format radio songs chart as it logs a 19th week at number one uh it beats the previous record held by the goo goo dolls iris which spent 18 weeks at number one back in 1998 now, the Radio Songs chart measures the most heard songs across all formats of radio stations in the United States each week, and the chart started way back in November of 1990. So, what does this all mean? Basically, if you think you've been hearing Blinding Lights a lot on the radio the past few months, you have. You definitely, definitely have. Yeah, and, and just really quickly, Keith, what's interesting to me about that, and we've talked about it before, how... Blinding Lights came out as kind of the other the other single after The Weeknd came back late last year with Heartless, which debuted at number, or I, I can't remember if it debuted at number one, but it, it hit number one pretty quickly. And then Blinding Lights slowly became this much, much bigger hit, obviously hit number one for multiple weeks in this year. Yeah. Um, and now it's, it's yeah, I mean, I can attest, I, I, I still hear that song all the time on pop radio. I don't mind hearing it. It just sounds, it sounds great every time you hear it, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, lastly, in terms of the big chart news this week, there's actually a lot of chart news this week that we don't have time to talk about, but, you know, pardon me. Uh, lastly, in terms of the big chart news, over on the Billboard Hot 100, we've saved the biggest news possibly for last. Cardi B's new single, and I am pronouncing it the way I've been told it's pronounced, WAP, 
featuring Megan Thee Stallion, debuts straight in at number one. It's the fourth number one for Cardi and the second for Megan. Uh, the track, which was paired with a very buzzy video, charges in with some barnstorming first week numbers. It earned 93 million US streams in the week ending August 13th, uh, following the song and video's release on August 7th. And that 93 million is the biggest debut streaming week ever for a track. It beats out the previous record holder, which was Ariana Grande's Seven Rings, which started with 85.3 million streams in its first week back in early 2019. The song also sold 125,000 copies, boosted greatly by the availability of a dozen signed physical singles in Cardi's web store, all of which came with a digital download of the track. And finally, as the Hot 100 comprises streams, sales, and airplay data, WAP also drew 11.6 million radio audience in the week ending August 16th. I'm actually kind of wondering what version of the song radio stations are playing. Uh, there's a clean edit of the track, but it's not, like, squeaky clean. Um, no. So, anyway, I, a lot to ponder here. Yeah, I mean, so it's the 13th new number one single on the Hot 100 in 2020, and, and the 15th leader of the year in total, counting a pair of number ones that first hit number one in 2019 and then carried over into this year. That's it's a also ton. That's a ton, by the way. Lot. Considering last yeah. year, it was like most of the year was basically Old Town Road being number one. Things things are a lot different in 2020. Well, the interesting thing is just really quickly about that. Like you started off the year and you had it, it seeming like the it was going to be a kind of a repeat of, of 2019 with not that many new number ones because the box was number yeah. one for 11 weeks. Yeah. And and then you just had this kind of parade of new singles that I guess is still going on with, yeah. you know, Stuck With You and Say So and Rain On Me and Savage. And then Rockstar settled in for, for I think, seven weeks. But now you have Watermelon Sugar and and now Cardi and Megan. So anyway, yeah, it's it's been an interesting few months of just all of these artists taking a turn number one. Yeah. Um, it's also number another number one for a track by uh, a pairing of female artists in 2020 following, as I just said, Rain On Me, Savage uh, by Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce, and Say So, which was uh, the remix hit number one, Doja Cat featuring Nicki Minaj. Uh, you know, WAP has become a water cooler moment song without most of us actually existing in any place where there is the <laughs> water cooler at the moment. What is it about this track that has resonated so greatly with the public? And it's and like it's really like the public at large because it's really hard to break through in general sort of noise that we live in where everyone is so distracted and every day there's a new cycle that is quickly over with in just like a few minutes or hours. But somehow this song has really cut through and held on and sustained momentum. What do you what do you think about this, Jason? Like, you know, obviously it's like one thing to have like a racy video and like a scandalous song, but that can only get you so far. It feels like there's a lot more going on with this track somehow. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, you, you as you just mentioned, the biggest debut streaming week ever for a track. And and part of that can be the curiosity factor of of a racy music video and, you know, having to hear all, all of the innuendo on the actual song itself when it debuted on streaming services. Is it innuendo, that, really? I mean, I think it's just like, <laughs> I think it's just nuendo. There's, <laughs> there's some, there's some, you know, sure. some, uh, you know, euphemisms used, I guess you could say. Sure. But okay. I, I think more than anything that, that sort of discounts the star power at play to me because 
I think not only are Cardi B and, and Megan Thee Stallion two huge artists right now, obviously you just said Cardi B, this is her fourth number one single. Um, and she, she's coming off uh, a huge 2018, a, a little bit of a more quiet 2019, but kind of gearing up for this new era. Meanwhile, Megan Thee Stallion is, is one of the three or four biggest names in hip hop right now, just in terms of excitement and buzz. She had Savage hit number one earlier this year. She's completely in demand. Um, and pairing them up on a track, not only is, uh, again, it goes back to the curiosity factor of having to hear a song with Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion on it, but they sound excellent on the track. Like they are not only two of the biggest hip hop artists right now, but they are, for my money, just in my opinion, two of the best rappers in the world right now. And you hear the command that they exhibit on the mic both of them together just trading rhymes. And again, yeah, it's sexually explicit. And, and obviously there is some some gawking to be had by people who are curious about what's going on with this song. Yeah. Um, but I think they're, they're huge stars kind of in command. And I think that has a lot more to do with it. I also think, I, I also don't want to discount what I've seen online outside of streaming services and YouTube, which is just like, this song is so ripe for memification like um, immediately you see all of these quotable lyrics like becoming standalone memes you see you know uh, wap has has already entered the cultural lexicon like it's just (laughs) like that is the power of this song and and again it's just to kind of chalk it up to like oh like it's a, a it's very sexually explicit like kind of misses the point to me yeah. Anyway, I think. does that make does that make sense? I think that's really why. And you know, the last thing I'll say. I'm sorry, and I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you speak, Keith. But the last thing I'll say is that it, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how this song persists at radio specifically, because yeah. I think that with streaming services and YouTube, um, I think it's going to endure. I think people are gonna want to keep hearing the song. But you you mentioned the the very edited version, um, and because the lyrics and the the verses are so front and center. I think it'll be interesting to see how this evolves at radio because you have that first week kind of peaked curiosity, but will it sustain on that platform as, you know, people can just gravitate toward the streaming services right. for the explicit version, not the clean version. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see what radio does with this and it'll be a challenge where it's like, you know, they're, there's they're served up like this cultural moment this pop culture moment and they probably want to be a part of it but to be a part of it you have to really kind of you know kind of go there and the the clean edit of the song basically changes the sort of the title jason and i can't say the title of it um because i mean i the family it, show it's a family podcast. It's a family show everybody it's wet something something yeah. Starts with the A, starts with the P. They've changed the clean edit is now wet and gushy. Yep. Which isn't exactly super clean, but it'll be interesting to see what radio does. And I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I look forward to your story, Jason. Um Indeed, it will. <laughs> um <laughs> So so Keith, we I want to talk about some new music. Uh last week was a very busy one in terms of new releases. We have new singles, we have a new remix. Um, we have videos that are that are much you know worth discussing right here. Um, so let's 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 get it started. I, I want to start with this new Drake single, which is 
we've been talking about will, when will Drake finally drop something from his next official album. This because, may or may not be it. <laughs> we well, this know. has been this has been billed as the lead single. Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. For his next album, we still don't have a date for that next album, but this will be included. At least you know they could change their mind, but that's how this is being billed. The song, of course, is "Laugh Now, Cry Later," uh, featuring Lil Durk. Um, you have to assume that this is going to be another top 10 on the Hot 100 for him, which would be record extending his 41st top 10 on the Hot 100. He recently surpassed, of course, Madonna. We have to, to shout her out, Keith. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, in terms of the music video, it, it's it's kind of at the Nike headquarters and, and you see uh, Drake with Kevin Durant and Odell Beckham Jr. And uh thank you for thank you for thank you for noting those athletes in the video jason because when i watched it i was like these people must be famous like they they must be important people or maybe they're just part of his crew i don't really know i'm like so they're at like a they're at like a nike place is that like a store or is that just like their head like it's like the headquarters i honestly don't know too much about the nike headquarters but i i think that's like the the kind of factory slash flagship area where they very test out stuff yeah you like like that scientific term you can fact check me on the (laughs) the intricacies of the nike headquarters i'm not sure um it just it yeah i was watching it and i'm like well one this seems like an incredible commercial for nike so who knows how much money nike ponied up for the video secondly i was like these must be athletes they have to be and so i i googled afterwards to find out who they were and one of them is odell who is it Odell Beckham Jr. Is he the one who dated Iggy Azalea? Absolutely not. No. Who who did Iggy Azalea date? Because I remember you were so excited when I talked to her at the BBMAs on the red carpet. Oh, that was Nick Young. Nick Young is a basketball player. Not even close. Uh, Does does Odell Beckham not play basketball? Yes. He is a football player. Shoot. Okay, never mind. (laughs) Kevin Durant is a basketball player, though. Well, never mind. Um, Okay, so... The video is fun. Uh, it's a big, uh, just the last thing about Laugh Now, Cry Later, which I, I think is pretty good. Um, it's a big look for Lil Durk, who is a rapper from Chicago, who's been kind of bubbling up. He's been one of the, you know, there are so many rappers who are kind of rising up the ranks every week, every month. And, and you know, to have a, a feature on Drake's lead track, uh, I think they complement each other really well on the track. Yeah, he won the sweet um, on that one. Yeah, seriously. Um, so we got to move on. Midnight Sky, uh, the new single from Miley Cyrus. Um, first of all, Keith, what did what did you think? I, I love the the Drake discussion. What do you think of Midnight Sky? Um, I I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, it has sort of like a disco, like a disco poppy rock vibe. I really liked her vocals on the chorus. They're really like throaty, like really kind of like when I when I was watching the video because she has like the short cropped hair. And she's very rock star. It made me kind of like it echoed like, oh, like Joan Jett, Pat Benatar, which is kind of sliding into right what Miley really likes. So, no, I thought it was pretty cool. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, what it does. What did you think? I love it. I I, I'm, <laughs> I, I think that this song and I wrote about it on Fridays is a little bit of a response slash follow up to Slide Away, which was her the last song she put out in 2019, which was basically her Liam Hemsworth breakup single. Um about mm. you know going separate ways and now this song is about you know being past a breakup uh kissing who she wants uh finding f- freedom on her own like i think it's awesome i think it's a it's 
it sounds like it could really be a hit and she and and Miley you know hasn't had a, a really big kind of top 40 hit in a minute no. um I guess I guess you could say the Mark Ronson uh Nothing Breaks Like a Heart was was kind of her last one but in terms of solo stuff um it's been a minute. I think this yeah I think this sounds great I I'm I'm a huge fan of it and uh I hope that it becomes pretty big so Dua Lipa um Levitating Remix. Levitating is one of my favorite songs on on Future Nostalgia, uh, the album that she put out in April. Now this gets a remix featuring, uh, so it was remixed by the Blessed Madonna. Uh, it's featuring Missy Elliott, uh, who's awesome on the track, and and an artist, I, I forget who else is on the track? I totally forget. Someone who is not the Blessed Madonna, but it's nice and confusing. The OG Madonna, the Queen of Pop. The OG Madonna. The not the Queen Virgin Mary, the other one. The one relating to entertainment. <laughs> so this is a first taste of uh, Dua's upcoming remix album, Club Future Nostalgia, due out August 28th. Um, the video for the Levitating remix also came out last Friday, it, although it doesn't feature Madonna. Weird. Uh, I, I can't wait to, to hear the rest of this remix project. I, I think the remix is, is good. Like I think that the the original song is probably stronger, but I, I appreciate the fact that this remix kind of changes the direction of the song completely. It, it almost is a total shift except for sort of how the verse and chorus is, is delivered, but the beat is completely different mm-hmm. such as the case with, you know, a dance remix, but I, it's a totally different song and I, I kind of appreciate that she's going for it here. Yeah. Um, uh, you didn't ask me, but I will volunteer my opinion because it is Madonna related. Please do. Um, one, I thought it was hilarious how I think like Madonna herself on Twitter so many weeks ago, like, leaked the artwork for the album cover <laughs> on accident like cool um and doesn't appear in the video which is confusing but yet she taped herself on her own instagram the other day singing levitating which makes it more confusing i'm like why didn't she just get in front of a green screen a couple weeks ago and send over that footage to do but anyway um i think it's i think it'll be really interesting to see how the song how the remix fits into the context of the remix album because i I've made no bones about it. I love the Future Nostalgia album. Uh, it's just pure poptacular. And I'm all in for a remix album that just, in. I mean, are they going to remix all the songs and put it into like a, like a, it's allegedly going to be like sort of a continuous in the mix sort of project. Like it's like as if you're going to a club and all you're hearing is back to back Future Nostalgia tracks with no breaks in between. I'm super into yeah. it. And this kind of remix album doesn't really happen very often. It is a unique thing. So it's really cool to see what will happen with it. So can't wait to hear it when it comes out. There you go. Really quickly, yeah. uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about is the Katy Perry video for Smile, which is the title track off of her new album, which we'll be talking about in a few weeks. It is due out August 28th. It is a an animated kind of video game inspired video. It, it kind of fits in with the kind of visual aesthetic of, of what we've seen so far. In super terms cute. Of, yeah. And in, in terms of, you know, I, I think it is super cute. That's a perfect way to describe it. Um, super and cute. we've, we've heard four of the 12 songs so far on the album, never really over, which was a, was a hit last year. Daisy's Harley's in Hawaii, of course. And now smile. I wish we had heard five of the 12 songs on here because the one that she released last year, which was my favorite Small Talk is not making the smile track list justice for Small Talk, Keith. Justice for Small Talk. That's like me on Twitter when I say justice for Into You about Ariana Grande every few months. 
but but that was on her album. Anyway, well, uh, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. This week in 2001, Alicia Keys got her first number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart with her breakthrough single, Fallen. The track jumped from number seven to number one on the list dated August 18th, 2001, and spent six non-consecutive weeks at the top of the chart. The track made Keys a superstar and a Grammy darling as the singer-songwriter garnered six Grammy nominations for her work in 2001 and actually won five of them including Song of the Year, For Fallen, and Best New Artist. All told, Keys has won 15 Grammys from 29 nominations, and she even hosted the past two Grammy ceremonies. Fallen was the first single from Keys' debut album, Songs in A Minor, which debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 chart dated July 14th, 2001, and was the first of so far five number one albums for the artist. Now, Keys is currently prepping the release of her forthcoming album simply titled Alicia, which is due out later this year. And she just released a new single, So Done, featuring Khalid. So there you have it this week in 2001. Alicia Keys arrived at number one for the first time on the Hot 100 with Fallen. Alrighty, we've reached the end of our big shoe. Any parting words, J-Dog? So I wrote about So Done, the new single by Alicia Keys and Khalid last week. Um, it's pretty nice. What do you think? It is really nice. It's yeah. my favorite Alicia Keys song in a, in a minute. Um, quick question for you. Do you know how old Khalid was when Fallen hit number one uh, in 2001? So it's uh, 2020 this year. That was 19 years ago. I'm going to say he was two. He was three. So Good close. guess, though. So Three close. years old. Um, Keith. Yeah. Let's go out on... Santana featuring Chad Kroger. Why don't you and I? Why don't we? Uh, see you guys next time. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.